We are through three weeks of Legacy Leagues action here in the summer 21 season. We're here to break it down for you on the week three postgame show. And week three, we were talking right before we went on air, featured some close games for the first time really this season. Four games decided by nine points or less, and there's only 12 teams, which means four of the six games, more than half, featured by sing- – uh, sorry, were decided by single digits. Let's break them all down for you here on the week three postgame show. My name's Joey. I'm joined by Logan, Jose, and Kyle. Doing the names used to be the hardest part of this show, but now they show up right on Zoom, so it's nice and easy. We used to do it in person, and that was the hard part because I know your guys' names, but I would stare at you. And in the heat of the moment, I'd draw a blank and I'd call you guys the wrong names. But I'm joined by the crew. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, but first, let's start with, you know, let's, let's start with the big guns. And then we'll get to kind of the second really, really close game that I think shocked a lot of people. And then we have an upset even, too, to get to. So a lot to break down. Let's start with Goodyear and the Rhode Island Warriors. Goodyear escapes. I walked over after getting smacked by the Duyes boys. And uh, I walk over to court three. And it's like a two, one, three point game with like under a minute to go. I'm like, hold on, hold on. We just talked about good you and them being right. I mean, Kyle, I know Kyle was here last week and get a head nod, but being a title contender, I mean, he's on the podcast, like, you know, good use legit. And I, I mean, maybe that says something about the Rhode Island Warriors, but they win by three after an even fourth quarter, 14, 14. So a close game throughout. I know that let's go to Kyle first on this one. You know, Nick Messier leads the way, which is even a little, strange for good you from what we've seen from them but you know I missed this game you know Kyle give me give me what happened in this game and why it was so close throughout uh simply it was just good defense all around um you know the two of the bet top players on good you didn't really shoot that well you know 27 percent 44 percent and uh both sides really were fouling each other they weren't allowing themselves to get into a uh you know fast offense because as you saw with good you, they really prosper on the uh, fast transition. So very slowed game, defensive game, a lot of rebounds. And it, truly, it just came down to uh, taking advantage of the missed stops. And that's the reason why good you won at the end of this. Yeah, and we can go to um, Logan. I didn't mean to add myself there, but that's all right. Let's figure this out. Um, sorry, Kyle. See ya. Uh, let's, <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to Logan. Uh, you know, Rhode Island Warriors, I know you've seen a little bit of them, but even if you want to touch on them and, and what you saw from this game. Uh, free throws for good, for good. You was very good. Um, other than that, it was huge defensive battle. Um, good. You did get off to a good start uh, outscoring them in the first quarter by three points, but it really just was all them from there on out. Even, even the third in the third quarter, they outscored them 23 to 19. Like it's just, I, I can't really sum it up any better than that. They played very well. Awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, definitely good. You a lot to say about them being able to sneak out a close win. Let's make sure we give the Rhode Island Warriors some credit, right? I mean, a team, you know, we're going to talk about them at the end of the show, a one and two team, but as we've seen a team with a lot of talent and they just hung with one of the two remaining unbeaten teams in good. You, you know, maybe should have won, you know, we don't like to play that game, right. We're should have, could have, would have, but, you know, was in that game and a couple plays away from defeating good you. And so, you know, shout out Rhode Island Warriors as well. We're going to talk about them in a little while. Well, Let's go over. Yeah, go I, ahead. I was going to say um, the Ari Warriors were literally just one possession away from winning this game. Unfortunately, it was a big three by good you with one minute to go, which actually sealed the deal. If they had stopped that, uh, that three pointer being made with one minute to go in the game, when that time I was called, they actually would have won that game. 
they were like very close. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know, sometimes it is one or two shots here and there. And so, um, yeah, shout out Rhode Island Warriors one and two, but you know, one of the couple one and two teams that we'll talk about on who can make a deep Still run. Still a very good team. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and they're definitely going to be heard from again. Uh, let's go to court one and, and we'll get to Jose in a second, but the Mambas in Sin City, the closest game from week three, a one point game. It was a three pointer that, that, you know, the Mambas were down four with like no time left. And so realistically a four point game, but this, you know, still counts It's a one point game, but a very close game and a game that, you know, did go back and forth into the fourth quarter. That's for sure. Um, you know, again, a couple plays here and there was the difference, but Jose, you know, Sin City, you know, led by Trey Gallo, another, you know, different name. We had the week two player of the week and Yariel Rodriguez, 15 points on five of 11. So, you know, still was there, but Trey Gallo, Tony Gallo kind of took over in this one. And uh, what did Sin City do to beat the Mambas? Well, to be completely honest with you, Sin City did a really good job of just keeping that lead. Even when um, the Mambas tried to make a run, these guys came back and made shots. You know, it was it was a close game with them five, but they valued their possessions. And uh, when they needed to make a shot, they made a shot. Even when the Mambas ha- had little runs and spurts to where it looked like they might have taken over the game or taken the lead, uh, Sin City came back and, and responded and, and kept that league and stayed level-headed. Yeah, for sure. And we're going to go to Logan on all these games, his first post-game show. We're going we're gonna to put him to work. Where are you from? I am from Indiana. Indiana. So they, Solomon, you know, Indiana. That's right. You know, we'll just use the cliche. They know about their basketball in Indiana. Duh. Yes, we, we, we hear that all the time. But, um, you know, you, you saw this game and, uh, you know, on Snapchat with the highlights. And so, you know, you were, you were saying before we came on, like, you couldn't believe the Mambas didn't win. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I, they had me shocked. The Mambas had three people score 22 points and then four people total in double digits. Um, I, they really, I feel like they could have pulled this one out, but Sin City, they were just fantastic. It seemed like in the highlights, it was all Sin City. Just watching through the Snapchat stories, it looked all Sin City throughout the whole game. I really never doubted Sin City. I just, the Mambas hit 15 threes and it is really, really hard to even that out. You know what I mean? Yeah. So but fantastic basketball from both of these teams. Yeah, for sure. And I, and just touching on the three-pointers really quick before we get to our kind of big upset from core three. Um, it seemed like in the fourth quarter, it was pretty clear, and we can get even a head nod from Jose in a second, but um, it was Sin City kind of running their offense and getting to the rim, I think, is, is pretty accurate in the fourth quarter versus the Mambas coming down and relying on three-pointers, which, when, you know, they made a lot of them. Uh, but it was like that kind of going back and forth and they didn't make enough um, to get the win. Right, Jose? Agreed? Three-pointers versus kind of slashing? Yeah, yep, 100%. Uh, Sin City really pounded the rock inside the paint, used their 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 size and uh, took advantage of that. And the Mambas just couldn't find an answer to just keep them outside the paint. And the Mambas, you know, they did make a lot of threes. But um, again, you know, they had a paint presence defensively and offensively. So defensively, even the Mambas getting to the rim 
was not as easy in the second half. In the first half, they got to the rim pretty easily, and it was pretty evened out. But the second half, they could not get to the rim, and their three-point shots made up for it, which kept them in the game. But for the most part, the interior presence that Sin City brought in the paint defensively and offensively throughout the game, but mostly in the second half, is what eventually kept them up and, and eventually let them win that game. That's right. And, uh, yeah, I think that's a good – Good spot to leave that one. I don't want to wait too much longer. Stampede get their first win, and uh, in in a in a shocking way, if I must say, uh, they take down the Orcas. In you know, you want to talk about good you and uh, the Rhode Island Warriors being a slugfest, drag it out free throw contest. Uh, not so many free throws here, I don't think. A good amount for Legacy League's action. You know, twenty one combined between the two teams, but a slow drag it out defense, like hard to find offense in this game. Final score of 48 to 41. We see that in college basketball. We don't see that in the legacy league. That's usually a halftime score as a lot of you guys know, but it, Hey, stampede, get the win a 25 point fourth quarter, huge. And uh, Kyle, besides it being slow and <laughs> not a lot of shots going in, how was the uh, stampede able to get their first win in week three? They were simply able to make the big three-point shots and layups and post moves uh, in the fourth quarter with about like three minutes to go. It was it was unbelievable. Like I thought this might have like ended as a tie going to overtime because both teams were just missing a lot of shots because the Orcas were just on fire last week. I think didn't they play against you last week? Yep. Yep. Yeah, they. Um, one of your teammates who was working with me uh, said that they were killing, uh, they were killing Very you guys. Handsome. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And now to see that they only shot uh, 26%, like that just mm -hmm. blew my mind. Like how, like just in the matter of one week, everything just went off and same with the and same with the uh stampede 30 this was a very sloppy game offensively and uh defensively it was great getting a lot of rebounds and stuff but it took dan hessen and todd french to hit a few big threes to uh get the orcas to uh lose wow it was on it was unbelievable i couldn't believe it yeah and let me just say the uh we're one week too late with all those missed shots on the orcas so thanks guys we could have used that in week two <laughs> god damn it uh they didn't, they didn't they didn't miss but logan uh you know i don't know how much you've seen about the orcas but we can toss it to you and even the stampede um we can kind of go a little more quickly now and even the last three games are going to go a little quicker but would you would you you know what stood out for you in this game Oh, uh, wow. Um, I really did not see the score of this game. To be completely honest, I was looking at the box score. I looked and I was like, oh, my God, Stampede pulled that out. And yeah. I was I was really shocked. Um, wow. It was a really sloppy game. Three point shooting was not there. It, shooting in general was not there. Um, definitely a lot of defensive stats, rebounds, a lot of blocks. Stampede, four blocks on one player. Um, wow. Yeah, that, uh, that's a huge lopsided fourth quarter, though. That just that that's hard to uh, come back from twenty five to eleven. That's uh, that's a, that's that's hard to come back from for sure. Um, wow, I I really kind of turned stopped watching this one, stopped paying attention <laughs> after I saw the Orcas highlights, yeah. and then uh, Stampede really surprised me. I'm not gonna lie. Go ahead, Kyle. I was gonna mention uh, just the large turnover rate. Uh, 13 turnovers for the Stampede and six for the Orcas. And usually a team that usually doesn't make as many turnover mistakes 
uh, as win team as one team does. Usually, the team that has the most loses most of the time. In right. this instance, we were able to see somehow the Stampede won, and it was just because of that that fourth quarter magic, as I say. That's right. And uh, let's get to you know a lot of the people who play on the Stampede are used to play on the Werewolves. Know the Werewolves. They're very. There's a lot of connections there for you guys uh, who follow the league. But it is the Werewolves. They also get their first win, if I am correct. Yep. The Werewolves improve to one and two. They take down Ball Don't Lie in week three. And, uh, yeah, you know, Brian Heston did his thing. And it's funny just to kind of sum this up before we get – we can go to Logan first this time. Um, you know, also some more court three action. But um, Brian Heston was sitting out, and Ball Don't Lie made a little run and kept this interesting, whether it's in the second or third quarter. And he walks over and goes, well, that was fun. Time to go back in uh, because that's, that's what this kind of came down to. Brian Hessen, 25 points, 19 rebounds, uh, eight of them offensive, four blocks, two steals, the four-time defensive player of the year, I believe, showing, you know, what he does and how he's able to impact a game. But uh, Logan, the Werewolves get that first win. Ball don't lie. Still 0-3. Uh, yeah, the Werewolves played very well. Uh, they did not shoot the three ball very efficiently, but everything else was pretty solid. And they shot 41% from the field and uh, two, 32.8 for the uh, ball down line. And so, uh, yeah, Heston was fantastic at, as always. He's played great all season long. They just haven't been able to get those wins. Um, he's starting to look like more of an offensive player of the year as well as a defensive player mm-hmm. of the year. And I, I like that a lot. Yeah, he's a very consistent player, uh, and we'll go back to Kyle here. But, yeah, uh, you know, Heston put on a show and kind of shows how he can impact the uh, game on both ends of the floor. Yeah, for Will Watkins also made uh, a big contribution, too, as much as we want to praise Brian Heston. Will Watkins also contributed a great amount, too, especially with his um, with his four rebounds and three assists. Uh and 50% shooting, of course. So he was a very reliable person. Uh, Grant Rosenberg, though, on ball, don't lie. Yeah, I got to give it to him, though. Being able to put up 33 against uh, some tough – he was getting double teamed at the end of the game to avoid any late-game comebacks. And uh, that whole second half, just tightly guarded, still able to drop 33. I got to get my hats off to him. Yeah, and so let's move on. I know we saved our – what was the week three game of the week from near the end, but it is Lob City – uh, now two and one, getting that second win, knocking the Ozone Boys to two and one, taking them down ninety to seventy, and now that's how the tiebreakers work. So we're going to start getting into all of that stuff and how important these games become because there's only so many games and you can't play every team. And so if you finish with the same record, that first tiebreaker is head to head. And so if these two teams finish with the same record, the tiebreaker for the seeding does go to Lob City. So we'll see if that you know turns out to be a huge thing, but. They take down the Ozone Boys. It was a huge second quarter, a 13-point margin, and that's kind of, you know, between the second and third quarter, you know, 47 to 27 was the edge for Lob City. There's your 20-point difference, right? Right there in those middle two quarters, and that's what, you know, they're able to pull away and keep it at that distance. Jose Mercado, I mean, I I know you guys will talk about him, but huge game from him and, you know, 32 and, you know, barely missed, but – this was kind of Lob City getting back to having all their players after, you know, losing last week to the Duyez boys. Uh, we can go to Jose. And so, you know, I'm not sure how many times you've seen both of these teams. The Ozone boys appeared to me to not have the size at times to match up with what Lob City 
likes to do between Nuri and Jose and even Josh Smith and Colin Burns. We can name their whole team at that point. But what'd you see, Jose? So at first, uh, based off of the first quarter, I was very surprised. Ozone uh, boys were missing a couple of their players because what they usually do, they run a platoon substitution, which is what you is known for Calipari and Kentucky back in the day, where they, you know, they sub in five in, five out, which is great, fresh legs. And they come in and they give good production. So they were shorthanded in that department, only had three subs. So that played a factor, but they did do a good job in that first quarter, sticking, sticking to their guns and making shots, staying consistent, staying within the flow of the offense. But as you said, that, that size within that second and third quarter took over Jose Mercado could not miss. I was watching this live and recording it. I could not believe some of the tough shots this guy was making. He was on fire and Colin Burns, he came in, he obviously got hurt uh, within the third, I believe, but he came in and gave a good punch off the bench. Yep. Uh, the thing was, was uh, Collins' mobility, taking out uh, Noah Bird on Ozone Boys, out in the perimeter, taking advantage of that, getting a quick seven points within the uh, second, uh, I believe it was the second quarter. And uh, th that, that was a huge factor, um, stretching them out. And then after that, Ozone Boys just, they could not get consistent shots. They they had a stretch of of, of five minutes where it was just mm -hmm. consistent uh, misses of bad shots. No no easy shots at all. It was uh, that that was the downfall for them. Tough shots. Yeah, and it was a lot of Colin Burns just going right by his man, which then turns it into a four on three type of advantage. I know it's in the half court, but that's separate from all the fast break points that uh, Lob City was able to get and just easy ones. Uh, Logan, quickly, you can touch on. Uh, you know, Lob City and them improving to two and one. Uh, Lob City is just, I really doubted this team. They played Sin City in week one. And I, I was, I was really hesitant about this team because it did not look like they played very good defense, but they have really turned it around. They've really showed me that they are a lot stronger team than they actually uh, put forth. And um, Mercado is a very, very good player. It seemed like any, every other highlight was just him. And it was absolutely unreal. Um, this is another team. Lob City came over and they uh, they lost the turnover battle, but won the game. That's that's always a good that's always a good plus. Yeah, and uh, Lob City they they will make sure you don't forget they've won four of the five seasons of the Legacy Leagues in Rhode Island, and so uh, yeah, they've they've been there, done that. They always bring it, and they're going to be a really really good team and a hard outcome the playoffs. Speaking of champions, the defending champion Duye's boys. Take down the halfway crooks by 22 and uh, didn't even know we outscored him in the second quarter. So that's cool. But then a huge third quarter, 29-17, you know, uh, too much to handle. And um, I'll let you guys talk about this one. I'll be quiet for now. But um, John Kutu and Vinny Volpe, you know, combined for 48. Uh, go ahead, Jose. What would you see from, you know, the defending champs? So uh, based off of that first half, the halfway crooks, you know, they played it, they played it really good. It was a close game. They tactically, they 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 were sound defensively and offensively. They they went to they stick to their plan in that first half. Uh they Brandon Sweeney taking advantage of St. Patrick out in that perimeter, using his quickness, getting to the rack, you know, getting hit, um 
basically the offense was flowing through Brandon and it kind of opened up shots for, for everyone else on the halfway crooks and it got into a nice flow. Um, it, it was good. But then, um, yeah, that third quarter, man, John, John came, John is an energizer, man. He, he will get his team energized from blocks to rebounds to maybe shooting a three and assist. He's just all over the floor. Like he was, he was phenomenal. Like uh, Vincent Volpe was phenomenal as well. But you can make the argument that John is just as good. And uh, he he came out there in that third quarter and he sparked that run and it opened up the game for for Duje boys and and halfway crooks just they just couldn't stop the ble- bleeding after that after after keeping it so close in the first half. Yeah, and even just really quickly because I lived it unfortunately, but the first quarter. Uh, didn't, you know, Duye's boys, even it says there, right, 27-18. So almost and tried to open it up in that first quarter, and it was the size of the halfway crooks that kind of kept a minute for the last five minutes of that second quarter. And unfortunately, there's only two big guys on the halfway crooks, so you can't do that all game. And then in the third quarter, turnovers and steals and a couple threes is what changed the game for the Duye's boys too much to handle. Um, yeah, Logan, any, any real quick thought on that one? Um, it, the crooks only turned the ball over three times. Was that all in the second half? Yeah, there was, there was probably a few more turnovers than that. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, the Dujays boys are just, they're, they're a fantastic team. Vincent and John are both very, very great players from what I've seen so far. They've both played good in all three games so far. Um, uh, John seems like a, a do-it-all player, and I just don't – I uh, don't believe y'all could just keep up with that. Yeah. No offense. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's all right. This is how it works. It gets awkward when my team loses. It's more fun when my team wins, put it that way. Uh, so the Duyez boys and Good You are the remaining undefeated teams. We have four teams at 2-1 and one that we talked about, and uh, most of them won this week that are at 2-1, and one, except the Orcas and Ozone boys. But like I mentioned to you guys before we started the show, we're going to end it with some talking about the one and two teams. So we did already talk about a lot about the Stampede and the Rhode Island Warriors. We have the Werewolves who also got their first win this week and the Crooks on a two game slide after winning week one, but they are also at one and two. So there's those four one and two teams. Let's get Kyle back in this. Kyle, which one of those do you like best to win a playoff game? And right now they'd be playing one of the much better teams. Now that's how the playoffs work, but which one, you know, of those four one and two teams do you like best? For me, I want to say the RI Warriors. I really enjoy because this was a playoff like game that they just had to play against Good U because Good U is going to be one of those top teams right now. They're, they're undefeated right now. And uh, Good U is going to be playing one of the lower ranked teams. Then it's going to get to that middle area in the next round where it's going to get iffy. RI Warriors, I believe, can pull off an upset. Uh, it could be against Good U. It could be against Lob City. It could be against even the Duguay boys. Um, but it was a good test for them to see how they played against. It came down to the last possession, and uh, they fought all the way through for 40 minutes. I believe this team is ready for the uh, for the playoffs. They just need to keep doing what they're doing. All right. We'll go to Logan. Which one of those teams do you like best? Uh, I like the Werewolves the best. You never doubt a defensive player of the year. Uh, they have the offensive ability. They also have the defensive ability. I feel like they can stick with any team in the league. And uh, I really, really enjoy their chances of winning at least one, maybe two playoff games. So, Jose? 
Yeah, I, I have to agree with Logan, man. Uh, just just for me personally, <laughs> you know, players win playoff games. And, you know, Brian Heston is, is that dude. Like, he's just so, like, consistent, you know. Every game that I've watched, it, it's just, you know, he's he's the type of guy that could push them over. And, you know, if other guys are hitting shots, I mean, because there's not there's no question mark with Brian. So and if and if his other teammates follow through with him, I think they could sneak in a win. But I will say this halfway crooks can can get one, can get one. It, for me, the only question is the consistent three consistency throughout all 40 minutes of the game. That is my only question for the halfway crooks. Jose gets half a point. He sucked up. There you go. You guys all missed your chance to suck up. No, um, very, very good analysis. What I will say about the werewolves two seasons ago, which feels like forever ago because of how long we were off, but they made the finals and pushed Lob City to double overtime. And so uh, that's how close they were to winning it all, which is very, very crazy to think about. And I believe at that point they were a four, five, six seed, seven seed as well, making a huge run. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how things work here in the Legacy Leagues. Duye's boys, a nine or eight seed last year, winning it all. And so, or last season, I should say. But guys, we hit the 30-minute mark. I think that's enough talking for us. But good job breaking down week three. Uh, week four, if you want to give me a second, we can even preview some of those games. But we get Lob City and Good U next week. So talk about oh, – that'll, you know, that'll be a game. Yeah, talk about two teams that, uh, you know – we expect to make a deep run. The Orcas and the Ozone Boys should be a good one. And let's, you know, renew the rivalry. The Halfway Crooks and the Werewolves have played every season we've had Legacy League. So that is back as well. Uh, guys, thank you very much. Good job. And uh, we will see everyone else very soon.